Today, I'm going to be recording another episode all about Instagram, more specifically my content workflow, how I create content for Instagram, how that helps me become more consistent with my posting. And I think there's going to be some really interesting insights here today. And usually I like to switch up my podcast episodes alternating between Instagram, social media topics, and then other topics around entrepreneurship. And I did just do an episode about Instagram last week, so go ahead. Have a listen to that if you haven't already. But I also feel like this time of year is really hectic, but it's also a time of year to go really hard on your social media presence, whether it's for you, whether it's for clients, if you're a social media manager. This holiday period of Black Friday, Black Friday week, or even I feel like it's become Black Friday month at this point, but also going into December, people doing their Christmas shopping going into the new year, there's just so much potential in this time to grow your business, to grow your socials, to grow your income. And I wanted to share some insights into how I kind of capitalize on this, this momentum, this time of year, making sure that my content is just on fire, making sure that it's really consistent, good quality. And I am right in the middle of doing an Instagram challenge with my mastermind. So I sent a message on our Slack channel the other day, breaking down my content workflow, basically documented what I did that day to prepare my content for our little challenge. And I shared it with them and I was like, hey, this would make a really cool podcast episode as well. So here we are. Just before we jump into all of the good Instagram strategy today, I do have to mention Black Friday is officially here. Black Friday week in my business is here and I'm freaking excited. I've never done a sale like this before. And in case you've missed me mention it, on the podcast in the, in the past couple of weeks or you haven't been following me on Instagram, I'm doing a series of incredible daily deals. If you're listening to this on Monday, the first deal has just gone live, which is 50% off my template bundle, bringing the price down to $19 from $39. And if you're listening to this on Tuesday, I'm sorry, but that deal has already expired. The whole idea with this Black Friday week that I'm running is I am dropping incredible deals that I have never released before. And because they're so juicy and amazing, they only last for 24 hours. It's kind of how I can get away with discounting everything so much because it's limited time. We also have some private coaching spots and a bundle of private coaching and access to the Dishing Up Digital School available on Thursday and Friday. However, these spots are limited. So if you have been interested in working with me, buying any of my products, signing up for any of my courses, this is the week to do it. This is the biggest sale of the year. And I want to invite you over to my Instagram page. It's going to be linked in the show notes or you can find me at, at Alan McKenzie with two E's on the end. You can't miss me. I have a hot pink suit on in my profile picture. <laughs> You'll know it's me, guys. But come on over so you can catch up on the latest deal of the day and also see all of the strategy that I'm actually implementing over on Instagram that we're going to talk about in today's podcast. So you can listen to me talk about all of the strategy and the content workflow, and then you can go over and see it in real time, see it unfolding and really analyze what I'm doing and learn further from there. But enough talk about Black Friday. Let's get into today's podcast episode. Welcome to the Dishing Up Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Alan, a former nine to five escapee turned six figure business owner. 
This is your place to learn everything there is to know about building your dream life and career as a social media manager. Whether you're just starting out and feeling lost and confused, or you want to take your current business to the next level and double your income, this is the podcast for you. Social media is such a powerful platform and it's enabled me to book out my services and smash the six-figure milestone with only 3,000 Instagram followers. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, a glass of rosé with me, and let's turn those dreams into a reality. So I've written out a workflow here that consists of around 11 or 12 steps to it. And one of my very first steps that I put here, which is to make people laugh a little bit and kind of break the ice. But the first thing I do when it comes to preparing content in my workflow is getting my mindset in the right space, specifically getting hyped to make good content because I believe energy is everything. When you create a piece of content and you are excited about it, you are passionate about it, that content is just so much better. It's going to perform better because your audience can feel that energy. So my step number one in content, my content workflow is actually just blast Taylor Swift music for the vibes. That's literally what I've written down. (laughs) I am a very big Swifty, not going to lie. My TikTok feed is absolutely full of Taylor Swift videos that I watch on a loop. I also spent a seven hour car ride in the Kruger Park with my partner listening to Taylor Swift nonstop and talking about her and every song that came on, I was like, fun fact, did you know? And yeah, I'm a really fun person to take a car trip with, but it's okay because my boyfriend does also love Taylor Swift. So it's a, it's a mutual love and he doesn't mind me talking about her for seven hours straight. (laughs) But as I said, I think it's really important that you are not forcing yourself into making content, that it's not coming from this place of, oh my gosh, I have to. It should come from a place of, I get to. I get to have fun. I get to make content. And I think especially if you are a social media manager or you do any sort of freelance work managing someone else's social media pages, it's actually so fun and so freeing to work on your own content and to not have anybody approving or making edits and that's one thing I've always loved the most about my job you know I love working with my clients but nothing quite compares to working on your own social content however you do need to make the time to it to do it you need to be dedicated you need to set those boundaries and carve out time to create this content workflow and that kind of brings me really nicely to step number two of this workflow and that's turning off all notifications When I have a content session, I turn off my phone or I put it on to do not disturb. I do not check my emails. And I've put in this little list, don't look at emails. I know you want to stop it, lol. Because that is literally me. I mean, it's me kind of talking to my mastermind students, but it's also me talking to myself. Like, I know I want to look at my emails. Even now, like, I'm recording a podcast email and I'm like, oh, I wonder if that client, I mean, did I just say email? I mean, I'm recording a podcast episode and in my head, see, like I'm just constantly thinking about emails. I'm literally like, ooh, I wonder if my client has replied to that email. I should go check that. And I'm like, no, Ellen, you were in the zone. We're recording a podcast. And it's the same when I'm when it comes to creating content for myself. And I know a lot of you guys struggle with it as well. When I do this kind of workflow, I carve out a chunk of my calendar, three to four hours, usually like an afternoon or maybe it's first thing in the morning if I've got a shoot in the afternoon for a client or something. I just block out that time and usually I have to do it in about a a week in advance. And I will say to myself, no meetings, no emails, 
no, I'm not going to accept any last minute client changes or I'm not going to work on client content. This is my time. And if you are a regular listener of the podcast, you will know all of the time I talk about the concept of treating yourself like your number one client. And that is a really important part of this workflow as well. It is so easy as a social media manager to put your own work on the back burner and prioritize clients. And yes, I believe in giving 110% of my effort to my clients and making sure their content is shining. And it's also, you know, I'm, I'm signed a contract. Someone's paying me for that. And it's a lot more difficult to prioritize your own content when you don't see that direct money correlation, right? It's not like writing this Instagram post actually makes me like $200 or whatever. It equates to this amount of this $2,000 contract or whatever it is. But you are building a huge asset for your business. You are working towards a bigger picture goal and something that's going to serve your business in the future and beyond. Step number three in my content workflow. This is when we like have set the zone up, we've set the boundaries and we're finally getting into the nitty gritty. What I've been doing at the moment is writing literally on a piece of paper right next to my computer, wherever I'm working, I write down a list of information about my audience just to remind myself constantly of what or who I should say, who I'm creating for, like who is at the heart of my content. And what I'll also write down is a list of things my audience is specifically struggling with. Now, these might be pain points that I've researched through customer surveys or just doing online research or having a little stalk through Facebook groups. And it's also conversations that I have in my DMs with you guys. If someone's asked me a question about discovery calls, I'm going to make a note of that. I'm like, oh, my audience is struggling with discovery calls at the moment or a lack of confidence on Zoom calls. How could I help them with this? So having this little list next to me, and I'm definitely still very much a pen and paper girl. Whenever I'm brainstorming, I have to have pen and paper. So for me, it works well having it on on my notebook next to my desk. But for you, this may be something that you just add to your Trello board or your monday.com account, wherever it is that you plan your content, just make sure it's there. This is also really great if you come to a content creation session and you're drawing a blank. You're like, oh my gosh, I have no ideas. What am I making content for? When you come back to your audience, you have limitless content ideas. The other thing I add to this piece of paper, and this was something specifically I was doing with my mastermind, is writing out a list of your offers. And I was also doing this because it's Black Friday week and I've got a lot of offers to keep track of. And I want to make sure all of my content in the lead up to Black Friday corresponds with one of these offers. So yes, it is solving like some sort of pain point, but obviously your services also solve a pain point with a with your audience. That's why, you know, your service sells. That's why people want it because they're struggling with something. So making sure that there was a bit of a call to action and some sort of matchmaking set up there between each piece of content with a pain point and with an offer. This is a really strategic approach to content planning because it means that you are consistently selling. I do not save selling for like one post a week. I don't put up one post a week that has a testimonial in it. I like to sprinkle my selling throughout almost all of my content. Definitely in the month of November, I've just been warming my audience up for Black Friday. So there's been a lot of content that doesn't have call to actions or it's been a lot of content pushing people towards my free trainings or my freebies to get them on my mailing list. But certainly if you are someone who has a sales focus, if you have availability in your services or you're trying to sell a certain product, you want to make sure that you are talking about it consistently. 
I just want to throw this idea of being too salesy in the trash. I think you can offer value and have value-driven content that is also directing people towards working with you. It doesn't have to be one or the other anymore. I know a lot of people when they started doing content pillars, when that was the big thing around Instagram and, and your workflow and planning, a lot of people would have like tips and tricks, educational material, and then they'd have testimonials. So you just have like one content pillar that was like your salesy stuff. And I've really thrown that out the window this year and I sell all the time and I really integrate it into all of my content. And this has worked incredibly well for me. It also works really well for my students, for my clients. And I honestly think it's just so much more natural to weave that all together instead of having these like silos with your Instagram content. Now, step number four in my workflow is if you are feeling stuck a little bit here still, like you've listed your pain points, you've listed your offers and you're still like, oh, what are my content ideas? Step number four is a little bit of a, a something spicy, something extra. Write down on that same piece of paper or on that same section of your Trello board, write down a list and I call it my what makes me mad list. And this is a list of topics or thoughts about your industry that you feel passionate about. Any sort of opinion that you have, anything that you see on Instagram that just grinds your gears. Now, this is something again that I'm doing with all of my mastermind students is really trying to get them to think about how they are the thought leader. And again, I had this question in the Dishing Up Digital School. We had our live Q&A this week for the month. And one of my students, Jade, asked how she could book more high ticket clients through Instagram. And for me, this really is the strategy that gets you there. It is having thought leader opinionated content. Anybody can write a post about hashtags you should be using or tips to edit reels. Like a lot of that stuff is becoming very generic and it's stuff that I've seen already. Like personally for me, I'm not going to pause on someone's video about reels editing tips or um, you know, reels hooks even. Like I just, I, I don't really care anymore. What I do care about reading is someone's really cool take, hot take on the Instagram algorithm or a case study of how they worked with a client to grow them to X amount in this different way. And the reason why this helps you book those high ticket clients is because a high ticket client doesn't want caption prompts, right? They want to know if you can come into their business, if you can take charge of the role, if you can bring your own creativity, your own opinions and experience and help accelerate their business. And I could actually do a whole podcast episode on this on booking higher ticket clients. So send me a DM on Instagram if that is something that you would love to see and I'll put it on my list. Moving on to step number five of my content workflow. This is when we get started with the actual creating of the content. But before we dive right in and start editing videos and adding text and recording voiceovers, I want you to just collect up a little bit of a library of footage. Collect up all of the video footage that you would like to use that you've filmed recently and even go back through your old content as well. See if there's anything you'd like to repurpose. I have a folder on my computer which has probably like 80% of all of the reels that I've ever filmed and the majority of those have no text on them so that they're really easy for me to repurpose. The other thing that I did uh, was go back and look at some of my videos that I'd taken on my recent trip on my holiday because I took so much content. There were actually some really cool clips in there 
that could make a good single reel or I could splice together in kind of a different montage. And they'd kind of just gotten lost in all of the footage that I had filmed. So go back, maybe it's a video that you posted on Instagram stories, but you're like, hey, I could reuse that in a montage. Or actually, I really want to put that onto my reels and then add a, a piece of text to that. When it comes to this content workflow, it's usually when I've already filmed reels. So like I, I, I go out and I, I will batch record one day and then I'll come back to this content workflow. So if you're someone who doesn't have a huge amount of video footage, or if you are someone who isn't like me and has a huge catalog of content or you're not just constantly filming, like I'm constantly recording random things every single day. Like I'll just be in the car and be like, oh, let me record a reel and then I'll, you know, edit this on my next content batching, you know, editing day. Even yesterday when I was taking breaks between editing client reels, I was like, oh my God, I really want to film some fun TikToks. So I just found some like audio that I did some lip syncing to and I saved it in my drafts and I'll kind of edit that later. So depending on what type of person you are, where, what stage of business you're at, if you have a big catalog of content, step five might also include going out and filming that stuff. But the main point here is before you dive into editing, I want you to just have this folder of all of your videos. And this gives you a really easy foundation to work off with your editing. Like if you have your little list of pain points, you have your folder on your computer with all of these different video clips, you've got, you've got all of the tools and resources you need to make this content production faster and to just sit down and smash out some editing. Step number six for me is doing just that. So I bring all of the video footage in and this is when I trim clips because you know, if I've filmed a video of me, let's say on the train in Europe, because that's literally one of the ones that I've edited, I've picked up my phone, I've pressed record, I've lent it up against my drink bottle on the other side of the table. I might have adjusted the angle a little bit, or maybe my phone fell down, because that happens a lot as well. And then there's also the end of the clip where I pick up the phone and stop recording. So you've got like this two minute long clip. I don't need that, I need 10 seconds of it. So I go through all of this footage and trim it down and pull out the key clips that I actually want. So again, I then have this resource of all of these trimmed and ready to go clips. The beautiful thing about this is if I don't actually edit all of these in this, this day of content creation, I've still got that catalog to fall back on. So if I see a really cool trending audio or again, a topical conversation that hits a nerve with me and I really wanna create a quick piece of content on it, I now have all of these ready to go clips instead of just raw clips floating around on my camera roll. I can come to this specific folder and be like, cool, what have I now used yet? Awesome, there's that shot of me that I trimmed of me sitting on my computer. Let's use that, let's go. And this is the workflow I've been using for quite a while now because I love content batching. I love having, you know, a schedule of 10 Instagram reels ready to go. This is the only way for me that I stay consistent. I know a lot of people are like, don't content batch. You should create content on the go, blah, blah, blah. But for me, the only way I stay consistent with all of the other things going on in my business, with managing my client work, with recording a podcast, with showing up on so many platforms, I do have to batch to a certain extent. However, by leaving some of these clips just like ready to go means that I do have the room to be a bit more spontaneous. 
Same thing goes with my graphics. I have a whole bunch of templates set up in Canva. So when I spontaneously recorded my episode on the podcast a few weeks ago about the Skims nipple bra, I was like, cool, let's make a quick graphic to go alongside this and I'll put this up on Instagram. And the post that I had in my schedule, I'll just move that back and post it at a later time um, next week or next month or whatever. I 100% believe in content batching if you are a busy business owner, but I also think there is room for a little bit of flexibility, creativity, a little bit of fresh trends that you can add into your schedule. So once I've trimmed all of my footage, step number seven in my workflow is editing these together with music and text or captions. So if it's a chatty video of me talking, I probably will like edit this together on my computer with Premiere Pro, pop some captions in there. Sometimes I leave it without captions and I add my captions in CapCut or TikTok just to, you know, mix up the style and the look of my videos. Sometimes I will add music. If I'm doing a montage, I will strip the audio from Instagram, chuck it into my Premiere Pro, edit it up so I can make sure the timing of my shots fits nicely with the music. Then I'll airdrop it to my phone and add the captions or the text in Instagram. So it's a little bit of backwards and forth. It depends on the video that I'm working on. But in general, I'll do all of the edits in Premiere Pro at once. So I'll have like 10 videos all edited up. I'll export those. And then if they need text, uh, I'll add them to my phone or I'll put it into CapCut or something like that. So it's kind of like a step seven, part A, part B. <laughs> Once I have those reels edited, saved to my phone and also saved in the drafts of my Instagram account, because we all know that sometimes drafts get deleted. So always have a copy on your phone as well. I will then take uh, screenshots of all of those and organize them into a grid slash layout slash schedule for Instagram. So I have a little grid for uh, on Canva, which is just drag and drop and it kind of replicates your Instagram feed. This is also a template in my social media manager template bundle that is on 50% off today if you are listening. And so links to that will again be down below. Um, but I drag and drop everything in there just to make my sure my feed looks good. And a lot of people say, you know, aesthetic feeds, that's not the way to go with Instagram, rah, rah, rah. It's all about authenticity. I've talked about this a million times. <laughs> For me, I really believe if you're a business owner, you want to present yourself professionally and you want your feed to look as good as possible. So if it's just a matter of planning ahead a little bit and being like, okay, this is a reel with my face in it. The next reel, I want to be one outside. Then the next one, I want it to be a graphic style post. And then the next one is going to be another one of me outside and just like making sure it all fits nicely. And there's not like a cluster of selfies or a cluster of like white backdrops. You're like mixing it up and rotating the styles. Once I've done that with the reels, step number nine is filling in where I want graphics. So like as I'm placing those reels, I'll realize, hey, I really want to put a graphic here or hey, I've got lots of um, reels in here. Like I've got six reels. Let's throw in a graphic. Or in my case, I would be planning out dates for Black Friday and be like, cool, this is the day before Black Friday. I want to announce all of the deals and put up a carousel of what people can expect for each day. And then I planned out kind of like the next couple of days of reels. And I was like, cool, okay, for day four, where we have the private coaching, because that is like a very high value package. It's a top tier or top high ticket uh, product that I sell. I really want to be connecting with those in my audience who are on the fence of buying, those who I've really nurtured a relationship with. For me, the, that is graphics and carousels. It's where I can pump information about what it's like to work with me and 
the deliverables of the program, the testimonials. And I know something like that isn't going to get a huge amount of likes, but that's okay for me because I'm trying to create sales. And that post has a different intention or a different purpose. So you can see there's a lot of things going on in my head as I'm creating this schedule. And the final or second to last step, I should say, step number 10 is loading all of this into my Trello board. Trello is how I organize my content. I'll take a screenshot of that Canva file with the layouts, but then I'll also upload each individual photo and video into a little schedule so I know what order everything's getting posted in. If I have a cover image for that reel, that will also get uh, uploaded into Trello. And then step number 11, is adding in the captions, of course. So in Trello, you just click on the photo or the card, you enlarge it, you can add in your captions. So every card will have the video, the photo, the graphic, whatever it is, the caption as well. And this is exactly what I use for client content organization as well. And then the final step from there is just posting. So for me, you guys know that I post manually. Um, I do have a podcast episode where I talk about posting manually versus scheduling. So I'll link that down below if you are interested. But that is my kind of 12-step content workflow for Instagram. I hope that was interesting. I hope you learned something new. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and follow the Dishing Up Digital podcast. And if you haven't already, please do leave us a review on Apple. It helps us out so much and really increases the chances of more people finding our podcast and growing our little community here in this corner of the internet. So I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to catch you guys next week. See you then.